I, I probably shouldn't say this like this, but it's the truth, so I'll say it. I'm going to talk to you a little bit, but it really is not because it's urgently necessary. Um, if I could get the release to pray right now, we'd pray. So I'm really going to teach a few things, some of it you've heard, until I get the release. And then uh, when that release comes, then wherever I am in this lesson, I'm going to stop right there. We'll pray. This is going to be different. I uh, Sunday night and Monday night, especially in service, uh, as others were ministering and I was sitting up here and feeling after the Lord for this and the fact that I, I sensed that this meeting was going to be very different than ever, every warfare I've done. I, I, I have taught warfare in a lot of different settings, uh, many different settings, but I have had, this is the fourth, uh, we, seminar is really a poor word for this. This is <laughs> this is not a seminar at all, uh, but that's what we've called it. Uh, this is the fourth one of these we've done. The first three were very powerful, but they were they had a little bit of a similar pattern to them. Not on purpose. It's just we followed the Lord, and that's what He did. But I sensed. Coming to this meeting, it was it was very different, and uh, and the stuff I was reaching for that I, you know, was trying to connect with in the spirit that I had been doing, and and that's what I would do before each meeting. The stuff that the Lord gave, I'd connect with it, and and I'd feel that response from the Lord. Yes, this this do this whatever, and there was none of that for this meeting. It was very different. And uh, I knew the Lord was showing me some things. I didn't know really how specific they were. And um, so far, everything he's shown me has come to pass beyond my expectations. And uh, tonight... Um, Oh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's going to be uh, probably a little bit more dramatic, if you want to call it that. Uh, I don't mean dra- dramatic like drama, but a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Last, the last two nights have been amazing, what the Lord's done. Uh, there were people's lives changed Tuesday night that it's never going to be the same. There's, been, there's a lot of, there, there were folks in this room Tuesday night that's been playing uh, victim and allowing the devil just to beat on them. Uh, just beat on them. And... Uh, People finally understood that they're supposed to be pushing back, and that was powerful. And then last night, 
there was a spirit of uh, prevailing prayer that the Lord brought upon us and I believe is restoring us to it. I believe that. And so you, you guys don't have to cram all those folks right in there together. You don't, you don't have to do that. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you attempting to do what I asked to, do, to be done, but uh, it's really not going to be critical because we're not going to be spend, we're not going to spend a huge, huge amount of time in our seats tonight anyway. As soon as I get the liberty to do something else. Praise God. Um, I am trusting that the Lord is going to let me, enable me to tell you what I'm feeling and the degree to which I'm feeling it and the confidence I have in what I'm feeling, what he's going to do here tonight. Um, I will say this. Um, I believe with everything in me that there will be hundreds of people saved as a direct result of the prayers that will be prayed in this this place tonight. I believe that with everything in me. Absolutely everything in me. I believe that. I believe that. And I believe in a very real sense, the Lord is going to take that pushback spirit that resist you know he's been beating on us but we're supposed to resist him or push back for our own victory for our own winning the battle our battle with him and then couple that with that spirit of prevailing prayer that came in here last night and then it's going to those two things are going to come come together and we're going to pray that those spirits, that intensity, but not for ourselves. And uh, there, there's going to be a significant shaking taking place. And I, I, I tell you what, I know it sounds like I'm a little distracted, but I'm not. What I'm doing is counting places that I'm going to be able to pray for. Because there are specific criteria I was given for a place to be able to pray for a place. And if that criteria is not met, there's places I'd like to pray for, but I'm not going to be permitted to because the criteria is not met. And I'm not ready to tell you what that criteria is yet. But uh, we'll have to see what the Lord does. Let me just, just give me a minute here to... Talk to you a little bit. I've been teaching the last two days during the daytime about Paul and his call to ministry, his call from God. And, uh, I just, I'm just gonna read some. This is some of my favorite stuff right here. Um, we think of Paul in many different contexts, but Paul was a warrior. And I, I always am a little bit leery of people who say they're not competitive. I, I, I'm not talking about Jesus' opinion of you. 
Okay? I'm sure Jesus loves you. And I'm sure that he wants to save you. But I just don't have a lot of time for somebody that's not competitive. Uh, I'm just going to leave you in your blase attitude to Jesus. Let him do it all by himself. Because I'm just not going to put a whole lot of myself in you. I'm just not going to focus on you very much. If you're just, you're just not very competitive and you're just coasting along in life and you're just some leaf on a river just carried along wherever it's going. Uh, God bless you and I'm so happy for you. But if you're expecting something from me, you're going to be greatly disappointed because I'm not your pastor anymore and I don't have to pastor you and I'm not going to pastor you and I'm not giving you anything that I don't absolutely have to give you. So sit there with your just blase attitude and enjoy yourself because I'm ignoring you big time. Okay, we got that settled? And I am because I identify with Paul. He wasn't just a warrior. But he played to win. If you don't like winning, we need to get you some lip, some wrist braces. Cause your, your wrists are a little bit too. Uh, the Bible is pretty strong against effeminacy. And the worst kind of effeminacy there is is spiritual effeminacy. And I'm not talking about being female. Some of the strongest people I know are women. And the, the old idea that men are competitive, let me tell you something. Men Men are kindergartners when it comes to competition compared to ladies. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my. Two guys walk into a room, they have the same tie on, they're going to say, hey, you got good taste. Two women walk into the room, they have the same shoes on or the same blouse on. God forbid the same outfit on. And I don't care how much her husband likes that outfit. She will never wear it again. Ever. Because she is not going to take the chance that she might be on the same continent with that lady who wears that same dress at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? Paul was a competitor. He was a warrior and he fought to win. Let me read it to you. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one received the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Or I'll paraphrase. So run so you win. Second place is for losers. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. He's not preaching against, he's not preaching against being competitive. He's trying to focus that comp, that competitive, that desire to win. He's trying to focus it on that which would please God.
If you can stand going to church service after service with nothing happening and no results, you need to turn your card in. You're not fit to be in the pulpit. You're not even fit to be in the building. I don't mean that. I'm not trying to be unkind here. This isn't a church service. You want to be patted, pampered, come back to a church service. We may try to do that. But this isn't a church service. This is a warfare service. This is a time. We're here talking about warfare. And I know people come to church and they need healing and they need ministry. I'm all for that. I've done that. I don't have to defend my ministry involved in that area. But I'm talking about something else here altogether. There's got to be something. In, brother, you and I have worked together for years and, 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 and we, we've come to agreement. After working with a lot of different people over the years, guys that would, we would give an opportunity to, to do something. You show me a guy that's not competitive. He'll never make a ministry work. He'll never, it'll never work. You say, well, what do you mean, make it work? We can't do it. Yeah, I know. But a person that's competitive enough, they want to win. Failure is not an option. And the more they fail, the more desperate they get. And the more desperate they get, the more they're going to seek God for an answer. And the more they seek God for an answer, the more God's going to give them an answer. And until finally they not only get an answer, but they get the answer. And a person that wants to win will do whatever it takes to win. We tell the story about the pastor. His sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, they made it to the state championship game in basketball. Lost in his sophomore year. Lost in his junior year. And I, the coach asked me to work with him on it. We were, we were going through the playoffs. Senior year, this team... This team had five players and four of them had a call to preach. Of the five starters, four of them had a call to preach. And there were other people on that team that weren't starters that also had a call to preach. And uh, we were playing in the championship game against a team in our league that had beat us twice that year. Their shortest guy was as tall as our tallest guy. And of course the pastor, he was the team captain and the high scorer. He was the leading scorer. And while he, he loved to do his little, he'd shoot that three until you had to come out and guard him and then he'd give you this number, go around you, lay up and all that was great. But the problem was they beat us twice. Even though he had a lot of points both games. And, uh, and I got talking to the coach about this. I said, our only hope in this game is to pound the ball inside because our, our guy that was our tallest guy, he could jump through the roof. He was extremely athletic. And I, I just felt like if we pounded the ball inside, he was so athletic, he'd get these other guys in foul trouble. He not only would score, he'd get to the line. But there's a problem. We were really a good outside shooting team. But I don't care who you are as an outside shooter. Some nights you're on, some nights you're not. It's, it just was not a, 
a sure enough thing. And this is the last game. The pastor was never going to play for a school team again the rest of his life. This was it. This was the last thing. Everything else after this might be some little league thing or pickup game, but this is it. Already lost two championship games. This was the last one, last chance. And I went to him. I said, uh, son, how badly do you want to win a championship? He looked at me like I was crazy because he knew I knew how bad he wanted to win that. I said, do you want to win it bad enough to not be the leading scorer in it? He kind of paused and looked at me. And I told him what, what Brother Humphrey and I were talking about as far as the strategy. And he said, okay, let's go with that. Well, he had, I think it was 14 points that game, 18. You didn't have that many? You didn't. I thought it was 14. Anyway, uh, he said, let's win a championship. And so that team bought into it. They went in and pounded the ball inside all night. And we didn't just squeak by that victory. I, what, what, what did we win? By 10, 12, 14 points, something like that? It was by a good number. They, that team didn't know what hit them. But the point I'm trying to make is, he wanted to win bad enough that he was willing for it to cost him personally for the sake of the game, the win. Because if you lose the game and you're the high scorer, what's that? What good is that? So the point again is, there's, there's got to be something that happens in, down in here in a leader and those that are working with that leader that care. There's got to be something that happens down in here that refuses to accept the mediocre, that refuses to accept just going through the motions, just feeling good, just having a little nice little service and standing around and fellowshipping and patting backs, hugging necks and stuff. And that'd be it. That refuses refuses to consider themselves a success just because they preached a good message and somebody bragged on them afterwards. Refuses to accept it. There's got to be something that happens in here. It's got to happen in here. Whatever it costs me, Whatever I've got to do, I will fail until I finally am able to let God teach me how to do it. But I will never accept failure. Never accept failure. Never accept failure. I may may fail. And I may fail repeatedly. But I will never accept failure. And if you're a home Bible study teacher and you teach that whole home Bible study and nobody gets saved, well, I taught a Bible study. No. You teach another Bible study. 
If nobody gets saved, so be it. You keep deep. You, you refuse to quit. Refuse to accept failure. You refuse. You refuse. It's something in here that God puts in a man, if he will, and a woman, a child of God, if he will, if they will allow God to, that that is not willing to accept the status quo and go through the motions and just feel good and just keep on believing you're saved and that's it and aren't we having a big time, whatever. But you, you're a part of a cause, a part of a mission. You believe in the purpose. You want to see God glorified. You want to see the kingdom of God built. You want to see people saved and you will not accept anything less than that. Nothing else. Nothing else. And you're not going to sit around and wait for somebody else to do it. Not going to sit around and wait for somebody else to pray. I'm going to sit around and wait for somebody else to intercede. I'm going to wait, sit around and wait for somebody else to bind and loose. Not going to do it. It's got to happen in here. I, I think that's my two favorite people in the Bible. Had two primary characteristics about them that I want to be like them. Two. I'm not talking about Jesus, of course. He's obviously God. It would have to be my favorite person in the Bible. But I'm talking about humans. Both of these men had a passion to know Jesus. And both of these men were warriors. One naturally, the other spiritually. One's name is David. The other's name is Paul. They were, they had a passion to know Jesus, but they also were warriors. Now, you can be whatever you want to be, who be whoever you want to be, but I believe that God highlights these two men for a reason. Because he said, of course, to that first one, he's a man after my own heart. And, and whatever all it was that Paul did wrong and what attitude he had, there was something about in him that Jesus really liked. And he said, I want this guy on my side. Even if I have to knock him off his horse, I want him on my side. If he's willing to do like this against me, what is he like? To, what is he, what it would be, what would he be like if he's on my side? That's something I never have understood. The way some of you live for the devil and for the world and sin with abandon. And then you come to God and you you become something else. How can you give everything you had, the sin and the world and and the devil, and get saved and you tiptoe through the tulips? So he says, every man that striveth, this is verse 25, 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Every man that striveth, strive, uh, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I, Paul says, I, I, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest it 
lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And listen to this. These are Paul's words to Timothy. He was teaching Timothy, his son of the gospel, about war, about warfare. 1 Timothy 1, 17 and 18 says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, visible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 and 12. But thou, O man of God, this is Paul speaking to his son of the gospel, Timothy. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on to eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who chose him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. And then finally, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure at his hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge shall give, a, give me at that day. And not to me only, but also them who love his appearing. We know Paul's teaching in Ephesians 6. About, the, about warfare. Being strong in the battle. Standing and not being knocked down. Let me tell you something. When you're covered up with heavy armor and you've got a sword and a shield. You get knocked Knocked down. You're not dead yet, but you're about to be. The worst thing in the world that could happen in conflict for a man that has armor on and it has a shield and a sword is to get knocked down. He can't defend himself on the ground. So the whole focus was whatever you have to do, stand. It's like sheep that their body is full of wool that has not been sheared. Sheep can die from just falling down. It's called a cast sheep because the, 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 the mass of a sheep's legs is so small compared to the mass of the body. That there is not enough weight and mass of the legs to create enough momentum for the sheep to be able to roll up on all fours on its belly and then stand up. So if a sheep falls down on its side or its back, it will die unless somebody else turns it over and picks it up. Not, not backsliding. Not choosing to sin. They just fall down. That's why it, it is, it is, uh, we are a brother's keeper. 
whether it's a, the nose of a couple of sheep helping to roll that one over or the other or the shepherd or the sheep dog or whoever it is, somebody's got to help that sheep get its body up over top of its legs so that it can straighten its legs out and stand back up. Otherwise, it will lay right there and die. Paul said, we re- for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, 32, he said, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? The Amplified says, what do I gain if merely from the human point of view I fought with wild beasts? This is natural wild beasts. At Ephesus, if the dead are not raised at all, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we will all be dead. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Paraphrase. Act like a man. Act like a man. Well, we're ladies. Sorry. No, you're not. No, sir. No. The only lady in the church is the collective body of Christ who's the bride of Christ. But every single individual of the church, male or female, individually, are sons of God. Collectively, we're the bride of Christ. Male or female, we're all a part of the bride of Christ. Individually, male or female, we're all sons of God. And Paul says, quit you like men. Act in in battle, act like a man. Or as one put it, act like a courageous man. Have courage. Have boldness. You know, it is, it has been standard procedure. Standard policy. Standard law. In armies. For thousands of years. That the coward. Who flees the field will be executed by the very army he abandoned on the field. So you flee the field out of cowardice for fear you will die. And that is a capital offense that will cost you your life. I see some shocked faces. Well... I don't know if you're blessed or not that you never were in, in the position to have to face that. But it's true. Ask any man that's ever faced conflict and he will tell you any, per, anybody that goes into war or in a battle that's not afraid is an idiot. The difference between the coward 
and the courageous is how they handled their fear. What you do with it. If you involve yourself in spiritual warfare in the will of God and you do not have a healthy respect for your adversary, you're going to be a casualty. If you go into conflict with arrogancy, thinking he's a pushover, you'll be a casualty. Greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. I'm almost done, I think. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 and 9, But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. I, I know I don't move around much, so whoever's operating cameras, I'm about to move. If you think God's going to give you a promise of great revival and there aren't going to be any obstacles or adversaries to that promise, you don't know anything about God and you don't know anything about the devil. A promise is not an entrance ramp onto a freeway with no tolls and where your vehicle never runs out of gas. That is not what a promise is. That's not a promise. I read to you already where Paul told Timothy by the prophecies or promises that went before on you make war. When God puts a promise in your hand, that's a rhema. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God or the rhema of God. So when God gives you a prophecy or a promise, he is giving you a sword. I, I have a sword. I've got my dress sword, uh, from when I, that uh, goes with my officer uniform. But I tell you what, it's usually kept kind of displayed someplace. It's not worn for the purpose of fighting somebody with it. Now, if it was the only thing I had available <laughs> and I needed to defend my wife or family, I, I, I probably would figure out how to use it. It's not that it is neutered. It, uh, it, it, it wouldn't take much to get it to go right through you. Mm. But primarily, it is worn as a display. Not one time in all the years that I, I wore it, especially when I was in active duty, I never ever wore it in preparation for a battle. It was a part of a full dress uniform. That's not what the Lord's talking about here. He doesn't have ornamental weapons that you wear so you look cool or carry so you look cool. So if he gives you a promise, it's not so you could go around bragging to people that you got a promise. It's a weapon. Yeah, right. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. 
And, and, and we've all seen or at least read about or heard about a sword battle. And if you got a battle, a, a sword, your enemy's got a sword. And if your sword is the rhema of God, his sword is lies, intimidations, deceptions, threats. And you're, you're blocking his and thrusting and trying to find an opening. A sword battle doesn't last a few seconds unless your opponent is an idiot. Or unless you're an idiot. <laughs> a sword battle takes a little while, you see? If you got a promise, whatever, if this is what works for you, you've got to get it in your mind that you're using that promise like a sword is used. You've got, you've got the shield of faith, but you don't just block the thrust of a sword with a shield. Really, actually, your offensive weapon is probably your most mobile defensive weapon. So you're, you're blocking and looking for the opening after you block, you're looking for, you know, you're trying to hurt the guy. But when you put promise into the mental image of sword then and you understand this this parry and thrust and all of that stuff that you do with a sword then you get some idea of warfare prayer you got some idea That's why Jesus said we're going to be held accountable for every idle word. And the Greek word there, word, is rhema. And idle is the Greek word that means unemployed, unused, ineffective. The worst thing you could do is claim a promise you don't use because you're going to be held accountable for it. It's, Jesus said it. Jesus said it. We're going to be held accountable for our unused rhema. I've said this many times. God never gives us a word, a promise, a prophecy. All of those are synonyms, a rhema. All all of those are synonyms. God never gives us that just for comfort. He doesn't, you know, what are we, uh, apostolic Ouija board operators or apostolic tarot card readers so we can be cool because we know the future? Well, let me tell you, I know more about the future than you do, because let me tell you, my prophecy is better than yours, and, and let's let's compare our prophecies and see which one is cooler. 
God never gives a word, a rhema, a promise, a prophecy, except for you and I to use that in advance to help bring about the prophecy. It is a weapon that is to be used in prayer, in conflict, to bring about the will of God. You know, I, I know, I, I understand that we are so, so far much more comfortable in the natural realm. We are comfortable in the natural realm. We're comfortable in the natural realm. We're comfortable. We're not comfortable in the supernatural realm. We're familiar with the natural realm. We're not familiar with the supernatural realm. Anybody really says they are, excuse me, I'm usually a pretty trusting person. My wife calls me positive Peter. But but you tell me you're really comfortable with the supernatural realm and my, my thought is if you really were, you wouldn't be talking about it. You wouldn't be bragging about it. If the Lord wanted everybody to know how comfortable you were, he'd be demonstrating it. You wouldn't have to tell me about it. I'd see it. The Lord wants to open your mind, your spirit, your heart. To the fact that you can pray and things will change. We talked about supplication Tuesday night or Wednesday night. You can supplicate, which is intercessory prayer, but pray for yourself, for your situation, your loved ones, people you know about. It's your burden. It's the same operation of the Spirit, but the focus is you, and you know who and what you're praying for. And you're fighting the battle for your your survival, for your family's survival, whatever it may be, whatever the adversary is coming against in your life, in your family, to neutralize you in the kingdom of God, you can supplicate for that. It's not intercession. It feels the same, sounds the same, but it's not intercession because it's about you, it's for you, and it is, uh, it, it's God working in your behalf as a soldier in his army. And then we, 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 we talked about last night, The scripture is full of instructions and invitations from Jesus especially and others about the effect of a persistent, consistent prayer. And I said it and I'm saying it again tonight. We are not trying to persuade Jesus. It was his idea in the first place. So it's, we're not battling with Jesus. We're not trying to convince Jesus. 
but in, in something mattering enough to us that we pray persistent, focused, fervent prayer, persistently, consistently, repeatedly. Because we believe he'll hear that in the process of that, He will use that process to do things to us so that when he does answer the prayer, it will be a blessing instead of becoming a curse to us because it was given to us without us yet being dead enough to receive it and stay safe. What I'm talking about tonight has as a similar similar element to both of those things. But it's not about you. Oh, it may be about the ministry you're involved in. But ultimately, it's not about you. Sign says, the great commissioning. Jesus. If we would just let him. He's right here, right now. If we would just let him. Just let him. Put within us and convince us that when we pray, when we pray with that pushback attitude, when we pray with the fervency and persistency, the perseverance that it matters to us, we're not willing to accept another answer. First of all, it's the will of God, but we have to, he already told us to pray uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So obviously the will of God in heaven is not automatically done on earth. This is not his world. It's not his kingdom. He's not the God of this world. He's not the prince of the power, power of this air. And so therefore man gave all of this dominion of this up to the adversary and God will only use man to take it back a little at a time. But that's got to matter to somebody. It's got to matter, but it can't just matter among other things. It's got to become something that matters so much to you that it is, it's, uh, it becomes the most important thing to you. I've told the story many times and I'm going to try my best not to get into any details, but I was t- talking today about how I was sought for truth and, and I would take the stuff I was studying back to the, to the, the dorm rooms of the guys that where there was always some kind of Bible discussion going on and I would share the stuff I was learning and see if they could shoot it full of holes. I call it my lab and, and, and I did that and did that and did that and studied and prayed and then took that until they couldn't refute it anymore. I wasn't trying to convert anybody else. I was just trying to be converted. I wasn't trying to convince anybody else of the truth. I was just trying to find the truth. But that first guy, it was right after my 21st birthday in February 1967. He came up to me and he said, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said, what? He said, I'm ready to be baptized. I stupidly said, why? He said, because I've been listening. I've been listening. And uh, I found a church over in Eastport that had a baptistry. Because there was no UPC church. There was no apostolic church here I knew of. 
I found a church, a denominal church that had a baptistry. That's as far as I'll go with that. That would would let us use their baptistry. When they found out we're Pentecostals, they said, you can have a half hour. You can't have church and do not talk in tongues in our building. Well, I couldn't stop that. But we honored their wishes. And uh, I had called around and, uh, and uh, Brother John Hopkins Jr., who was uh missionary to El... El Salvador, Guatemala, or whatever it was, Panama, thank you, Panama, and then became the Central American Regional Home Missions Director and, and all of that. His dad, who was a licensed minister but in the Air Force, stationed over Air Force Base, drove over an hour over here to baptize this guy for me. I, I, I wasn't qualified to baptize at the time. And this was one of those old baptistries that was built out of block, and they, they sealed it outside and inside with water, I mean with with whatever, pool, something I guess, turn it into a watertight deal. And the and Brother Hopkins had to go down in the water with Dwayne Ammerman from Altoona, Pennsylvania. And uh I I stood on the steps. There was steps going up and then steps going down in the water. I was standing on the steps outside that baptistry. And Dwayne had never been in church. He'd never heard anybody speak in tongues. There was no, no church to go to. All of my praying in tongues I'd done privately. He'd never heard me speak in tongues. All he'd ever heard is what the scripture said. And Brother Hopkins just had enough time to ask him the question to see if he really understood what he was doing. Prayed over him for a few minutes. Gave him just the least amount of instruction and baptized him. And Dwayne came up out of the water without anybody having told him to do this. He'd never seen anybody do it, but he raised his hands, threw his head back, and started saying hallelujah. In just about two minutes, he was talking in tongues. Never heard anybody do it. Had no idea how to do it. He was talking in tongues just like that. I'd been around Pentecost all my life. I'd heard the old timers talk about people laughing in the spirit. I'd never heard of it in all my life. But after Dwayne talked in tongues for probably five minutes or more, all of a sudden there was such joy flowing out of him. He just started laughing. And, and I mean, it was, it was a, a laugh of such joy. And if you knew this guy, this was so uncharacteristic of his personality. And I'm standing on these steps, feeling this, seeing this. And he's laughing, and I got tears pouring down my face. And that moment in time, I knew nothing else in my life would ever matter as much to me as seeing somebody get the Holy Ghost as often as possible. If that, if it doesn't matter like that to you yet, you're so cheating yourself. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how well you preach. If you haven't had that experience, it needs to be your number one priority and that you, 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 you put everything else aside that you possibly can put aside and pursue God and seek God till you have that experience. 
I'm standing there thinking to myself, because I'd been raised at Pentecost all my life. I'd heard people speak in tongues forever. I spoke in tongues. My mother said that she prayed that when I got the Holy Ghost, I would speak in tongues different than anything I'd ever heard just for her sake and mine that I'd know when it was really God. Well, I don't, I, I never doubted what happened to me was speaking in tongues. But the bottom line is this boy had never, ever, ever heard anybody speak in tongues. He'd never been in the service. He'd never seen anybody raise their hands. He'd never seen any of this. The only thing he knew is what God gave me to tell him. And I'm standing there. Just tears pouring down my face going, it's real. This is real. This is true. This is true. This is real. I know, I know there are times I get so passionate and carried away that I'm not as delicate with people as they think I ought to be. I've told this story. Many times. It was a man that had a real burden for truckers. And he would walk through the restaurant at a truck stop and pass out tracks. He came up to this one particular trucker. and This guy was a hard-nosed dude. He said, get that stuff out of my face. Don't tell me about that stuff. And the guy said, can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's your name? My name's Joe. Well, he said, let me, let me, let me ask you a question, Joe. If I was driving by your house and I saw your house was on fire and I, and I knew your wife and kids were in that house and I didn't sound the alarm and I didn't stop and try to help your kids out of that house, what would you think of me? And Joe lets out this long string of vulgar curse words to describe his opinion of a man that would do that. And the man just looked down at Joe and said, there's only one reason I stopped by your table tonight. I just want to let you know your house is on fire. Joe, your house is on fire. And I've taught it and taught it and taught it and taught it. They can't help themselves. They're blind. The word of God as I taught for this week is so clear. They're under the authority of Satan. Some are more knowledgeable of that than, than others. They cannot help themselves. If those who have the light, those who have been set free, Don't feel any responsibility and urgency to help them. They have no hope. They have no hope. It's not what my voice is going to feel like when I'm done. It's not how exhausted I'm going to be. It's, this is eternity. These people cannot save themselves. We can preach all we want in this building. But they're not going to come hear the message. Or they're not going to open their door to a home Bible study. Or they're not going to attend a care group. Unless somebody prays the blindness off their eyes. And prays them out from underneath the power, the authority of Satan. So that they can come under the power and influence of the love of God. 
Is every one of them going to be saved if that happens? No. But they at least they would have a chance to be saved. They've got no chance now. They got no chance now. They got no chance. Brother Richards, I was telling the story today about the dream I had in November 1979 about the snakes that were in the church and me going through the building and to that back office. And there were three men in there, and the only person I in the dream I knew was you. I knew the other guys, but in the dream, you were the one I knew. You were the one that got the burlap sack out of the closet. You were the one that grabbed the snakes, the two snakes in the altar, and put them in the sack while I held it open. And you were the one that grabbed that big one in the foyer behind the head so that I could grab the tail and pop it. You. And I was teaching that today, and all of a sudden it hit me. No wonder he has gone through all the stuff he was going through. I don't understand all the connection. But I didn't make the connection. So you're going to come to the platform, if you would, right over here. And for right now, I'd like you to sit over there. And senior pastor, I need you to take your seat. And Richard, you've just about been here as long as anybody in this building. Have a seat right over there, right now. And you believe for what God wants to do here from the beginning. That's been the most consistent thing about you. You have believed for the promises of God to this church all this time. All this time. Was it 74 when you first came? 74, 75? 74, wasn't it? Yep. Well, just take my seat here for just a minute. Okay? We're going to pray. For every single minister that ministers in an area, not over, we're not going to pray for youth ministry. We're not going to pray for ladies ministry. We're not going to pray for prison ministry. We're not going to pray for Sunday school ministry. We're going to pray for territories. And we will not pray for any territory that the senior leader in that territory is not present. Even though some of you are here from that territory. I'd love to do it, but I can't do it because I will not pray and I will not be a part of leading a prayer for a territory when the senior authority under me or whoever is not present in the building. Will not do it. That's contrary to the instructions I've got. In fact, my instructions are very specifically not to pray for any area. That the senior leader of that area is not present. And besides that senior leader, I have to have at least two who will join with him. And in some situations, I know who those two people are supposed to be. Some situations, I'm going to open it up for whomever. This is it. This is all we're going to do the rest of the night. When we deploy the troops, 
using the, the need and the fervency to push back because this matters to you. And the anointing and the faith and the refusal to let it keep going like it's going without a breakthrough. Whether it takes us a half hour or an hour. I have a specific promise from God that every area we pray for tonight that you will press through because it matters to you. There's going to be a breakthrough of people getting the Holy Ghost in that area within the next week to four weeks maximum. There's going to be a breakthrough within 30 days of tonight. There's going to be a breakthrough of numbers of people getting the Holy Ghost that was not happening and has not been happening from this time back. I have a promise from God that's going to happen. I have a promise from God that if you will take that faith and pray that. Now, it's not going to be enough to pray in tongues only. Somebody, the senior person and whoever else wants to, whenever they're willing to join in, has to bind whatever comes in your mind to bind and loose whatever comes in your mind to loose. And you go into intercession and warfare and you come back and pray that as the Lord gives it to you. You go back to intercession and we're going to do that back and forth. And go and push and push. And it's going, if if you're willing to believe this word, and you will do it tonight, you will see the results no later than 30 days from tonight. It very well may be this weekend. It very well may be this weekend. But we're going to see the results now. We're not practicing We are not practicing. We are doing it. Not practicing. Brother Fox, I want you to take your family up here. Okay? And I'll I'll let folks join you if they feel to after I've deployed the other areas. But This is for the, the church in Frederick. Brother McCain, I'd like for you to take your group in that far back corner. This is for the church that's, uh, is it Bellsville or College Park? Bellsville? Okay. For the brother and sister McCain's church. They got a group here. They, they got, a, they got enough to do it themselves tonight here. I want you to go back over in this corner. What's your city? What's your city, brother? Portage La Prairie. Portage La Prairie Prairie and is it Manitoba? That's what I was looking for. Manitoba. I tell you what, this couple's been brother Williams, right? You were here last year, and uh, they were both at the 
meeting in Mississippi that I've been a part of, and then this is Sister Williams' first trip. You're a part of their church. I'm assuming you're not a part of their church. Okay, well then, but you're with them kind of here in this meeting. All right, I want the three of you to come over in this corner. And yours is Brother Harris is Shiano? Shiano? Shano, Wisconsin. All right? All right? I want you to uh, to go over on that platform over there, and I'll, I'll get some people to join you. Brother Harris is here by himself. Chief Shawnee, okay. All right? All right. Okay. Am I miss? Is there any other senior pastor here from a church that's not specifically a part of Antioch? I, I didn't miss anybody, right? Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, whoever's a part of Severn, Brother Middleton's in the back. Join yourself to him. If you're a part of the Severn congregation, if you're a part of the Severn congregation, join yourself to Brother Middleton. All right. Uh, we will do Arnold last, and we'll do Arnold right here in the middle, but I don't want Arnold coming until we've done everybody else. I want Bowie, Brother Young, which is the far back corner over here. All right. Uh, let's do this. Liverpool, right over here. And uh, I, 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 want you to, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I want you two, two guys to listen to what I'm about to say. My first reaction, my first thought was because your dad is on deputation. And he's the senior authority. That I was really reluctant to pray this with him here and not over there. But the Lord assured me. That since he has entrusted you to lead this with him gone, that he, you can handle this. So you, join them. So you understand, whatever it is, is accomplished tonight. The two of you are going to have to go home and carry through on it. Okay? Okay. Praise God. Wouldn't it be awesome for God to do so much that the memory of the Beatles is second or third down the list beside, behind Revival in Liverpool? <laughs> Praise God. All right. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Uh, Brother Valley. Uh, and since uh, Brother Simpson's not here, I, I don't know what it is he has going on, but... Since you you and him are part of the same congregation on Sunday nights up there, I'd like you to go right here by these doors and take everybody that's from either Baltimore congregation because you are an authority in Baltimore and you are equal with Brother Simpson and you will be able to join together right there. All right, I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing. Okay, uh, we're, we're going to step out here a little bit, okay? Brother Alex? I know that your group is under the Arnold congregation, but you do have an outreach that God is trying to bless. 
I want you to bring the people that are involved with you at White Oak stand right in front of this row right over here. All right? Okay. Now, <laughs> Brother Abdul, stay calm. <laughs> I want you to come up here. Come here. I want you to stand right over here. All right. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna give a couple of people when it comes time a couple of op- opportunities to come wor- pray with him. Uh, first of all, we need a, a a building in Woodbridge, Virginia. But there have been about seventy five or more people from that area that's come over here and gotten Holy Ghost got baptized. So we need to have a service over there. We need to be able to have a Sunday morning service and, and we need a breakthrough there. We need a breakthrough. Okay. So there's a couple of you can be praying about coming up and joining him for this warfare. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Uh, Brother Gross, uh, Pine, my mind's blank. Pine Wood. Pine Wood, yeah. Glenn Burney, I'd like you at the junction of this, uh, row right here, back here. All right, Brother, uh, Barr, I'd like, uh, the North Ball, uh, I mean, the uh, Baltimore, or Brooklyn Park congregation right over at the junction of this row. All right, let me see who I am missing here. I, I know, but I, you didn't hear me ask if there's anybody else here. Well, you, I, you're part of Antioch. I, aha, I got you. Okay. Okay, I, I heard you. Okay. Uh, Severin is right there in the back. Okay, I want you to take the end of one of those two rows. Brother Sherry, I want you to take the end of the other row that, okay, the end of this row over here. And so we'll need some folks to pray with Brother Shara to join him. All right. That means some of you will not pray with your group because the Lord will use you to pray with somebody else. All right. Uh, oh, brother, I messed up, but I feel like you're supposed to be up here. Uh, you're in the building. That's good enough. All right. Uh, Sister uh, Bishop, I want you to stand at the end of that row there for Deal. And the people that are, is anybody else in the building from Deal? Okay, those of you that are with them from Deal, if you'd go over there. Um, huh? Okay. Now, Brother Bishop's going to be a part of praying for all of Antioch with the pastor, and Brother Richards. Uh, okay. Brother Schoenthal. Uh, let's see how we do this. Okay. Uh, for the Spanish congregation that's still part of Antioch, I want you to go halfway down this right aisle over here. Have I missed anybody else? Brother Mallory, for me. <laughs> Duh. Uh, Brother Mallory, if you'll step right in the aisle right there. And Brother Rhodes. Brother Rhodes is halfway down this side aisle for uh, Riverdale. 
And Eastport, yes. Thank you. Uh, let's bring Eastport right over here. I'm going to need a little bit of help here. Who else am I missing? All right. Now, I'm going to need some folks to join Brother Harris for his city, Wisconsin. Uh, someone else can pray with him. Others can join with Brother and Sister Fox for Frederick. I'm going to need at least two here with Brother Abdul for Woodbridge, Brother Mallory for Fort Meade. Uh, we got plenty for Baltimore. Uh, if any of you want to join with Brother McLean, uh, McCain for uh, uh, Bellsville, and then we've got Severn in the back, and halfway down we got the uh, uh, Antioch Spanish group, then we got Pinewood, and then we've got uh, Brooklyn Park, and we've got Stewart, Florida with Brother Cher in the back. He's going to need at least two to join him. Far corner is Bowie, and then Riverdale, and then Deal, and then we've got uh, uh, Manitoba. <laughs> Their city in Manitoba, the Williamses, and then we've got Liverpool, and then we've got Eastport. I tell you what we better do. Once you take your group right around this corner over here so you got room and you can focus together. Now, that means I need Arnold, the mother church of Antioch right here. Now, again, not all of you can come here. I'm going to need some of you and need some of the other places. Let the Lord lead you. Those of you that are a part of other groups, if you would find someone to pray with, <clears throat> whoever you feel led to pray with, but whoever you feel led to pray with, I am asking you that you're not joining with them just for the purpose of, uh, you guys need to come up here in the middle, uh, the pastor, let him up here in the middle. Uh, you need to have your focus on that. I tell you what, uh, Let's do this, brother. Are you going to pray with one of these groups? Perfect. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Okay. I could use somebody else over here with brother Alex. Uh, Pinewood could use another couple of one. We got a good group here with, with Fort Meade. All right. Uh, Riverdale could use another couple of folks. This is good. This is good. This is good. Okay. All right. Please find you a place and be settled. Now, obviously, this is a difficult situation here. Let, uh, let's do this. Brother Abdul, if you guys will move back a little bit. Now, sister, uh, he doesn't hold anything. No, no, no. He doesn't hold anything back. Yes, ma'am. Uh, no, no, okay. And I don't want him holding anything back, but I just want you to not be too close when these folks know to watch and pray. <laughs> so I, I, just want, <laughs> I just want you to know we're not, I, there's no way we're suppressing this, but you just need to watch and pray. So when we do that, what else have we got here? All right. Let's see. Brother Whaley, where are you? 
with who? Uh, I appreciate that, but I want you to join with uh, Brother Bishop, the pastor, and Brother Richards. Uh, you guys can stand here together or whatever, however you feel to do this. Now, listen to me closely. This is it. Okay? There isn't anything else we're doing tonight. This isn't a prelude to anything. This is the ball game right here. This is the whole thing right here. So we are not doing this for a few minutes and stopping. When you got to quit, when you need to go, just enjoy yourself. Just try to get through without bothering anybody. But if we do the will of God tonight, a significant portion of the people praying in each one of these groups is going to open themselves up to a spirit not just of what we call warfare, but to a spirit of prevailing prayer that gets a hold of God and believes that you're going to break through something tonight that's going to loose, release results in each of these areas. Not figurative results. Results that we will be able to count. People getting the Holy Ghost. People getting baptized. To a degree beyond anything that's been going on the last several months. Now. That dream I had. And that authority. That dominion I was given over the Prince of Maryland. I am not the one in this pulpit. I'm not. And you three are going to pray with him. As as whatever that was, the Lord used you and I to do in that dream for victory. For that to come on him and him to know it's not mine, it's his. As he exercises it in a covering over all of Antioch. Okay? Because God's ready to do something. I, I, I'm not going to continue just repeatedly say it, hoping that you'll believe it because I keep repeating it. But God promised me that we were breaking through some things tonight. And in every one of these situations where there comes a focus and an urgency of prayer produced by faith, where people will pray with the determination it's going to happen and we're breaking it through. Both in, in Spanish or English, whatever your language is, in binding and loosing whatever God brings to your mind, plus praying in the Spirit as the Lord leads you to pray, we're going to have a breakthrough. We're going to have it. We've got to do it. There's got to be some, there's got to be some prayer to pray the blindness off the lost. There's got to be some authority exercise to deliver them from the power, the authority of Satan. And bring them under the authority of God. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Hallelujah.
And this is what we're going to do. Okay? I am now releasing the oversight of the prayer in this building to the authority of each leader here. And you lead and encourage and participate as you feel led. Because I'm putting the microphone down. We're going to begin to pray. Okay? You won't, you won't have a microphone, so you'll have to talk loud if necessary. But we're going to begin to pray and we're going to believe God is going to break through walls and barriers tonight. We're going to pull some walls down, some gates down. We're going to set some captives free. Praise God. You guys need to get, gather around him and, and join him. Okay? Let's. Leaders, lead. Leaders, lead. This, this gap needs to be closed here. Somebody needs to be in front of him. No, in front of him. Just be careful. Just be in front of him. The leader needs to be, to be inside the gap there. Come on. We're praying. There's got to be some binding and loosing done. fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much when you break it you will know it You will know it.
if, if there's anybody that's in the Arnold congregation that you've stopped praying, I need you to come up here now. If you're still praying, keep praying. But if you're in the Arnold congregation and you quit praying, I need you up here now. We're going to de- we're going to defeat the prince of Anaronda County right here, right now. We're going to do it. God's about to give us victory, and with that victory, it's going to become a harvest and a breakthrough for our county. And every zip code in our county, we're up against the prince of Anaronda County. God's about to give us victory, and this is the last push. We we did all what we just did to get to this point right here. We resist, we got rid of all the resistance up to this point. And this is the battle right here, right now. And it's not going to take long, but I want you to connect with somebody near you. And I want you to just give it everything you've got. Some of you are already feeling it. If your ministry is in Anne Arundel County, I want you participating with this. If your ministry is within Anne Arundel County, I want you participating with this. We're specifically going to bind the prince of Anne Arundel County and we're going to loose the souls of Anne Arundel County. We're going to bind it. We're getting dominion tonight over this. And every soul that's in Anne Arundel County is going to be loose tonight. These are the gates of hell of Anne Arundel County tonight. We're going to defeat it to give harvest in Anne Arundel County. So I want you to take somebody by the hand. And there's no way to do this in order, But there's some of you, I can feel it and see it on you. When you begin to feel it, just begin to pray. And then we're going to pray until we begin to feel the break happen. And we're going to feel it because this is what we've been called to do. We've been up against tonight. It's about to happen. Begin to pray. Come on, in Jesus' name.
take dominion and authority over the prince of Anaruna County and I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you right now to loose every heart, every mind, every soul from the north to the south, from the east to the west in the name of Jesus. And I loose an outpouring of the Holy Ghost from the north to the south, from the east to the west, over every part of Anarona County, every zip code. I loose the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Come on, let's strike the ground one more time. Come on, strike the ground one more time. Come on, strike the ground one more time. Come on, he's on the run. Strike the ground one more time. Strike the ground one more time. Strike the ground one more time. Strike each other. He has it. I said, Ilurimo Seca. Ilurimo Secata. Yanki Urimo Satayeka. Yayolo Shatamoloka. Yay! Ha! Yebusha! Ebusha! Ebusha! Ilabusha! Ilurimose! Ilurimatayeka! Oh! Shatamabaha! Oh! Shayalabaha! Iluriamamama! Yay! Ha! Yalanoriana! Yay! Now I want us to raise the shout of victory because it is done tonight. Come on, let's see the shout. It is done tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Come on, we got more faith than that. Let's do it again. Come on. Let's do it again. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, it won't hurt just to do it one more time. Come on. There's victory in this place. There is victory in this place. for us to pray for and I'd like everybody to come toward the front I'd like everybody to come forward the front if you could put uh, Ephesians 6:18 on the screen for me please Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're going to pray for the body of Christ tonight. But we're going to pray specifically for this. We're going to pray against the prince of religious tradition. That is warring against the body of Christ and keeping it bound and blind by religious traditions so that it cannot become all that God intends for it to be. And we're going to pray this prayer together in common. There is no more insidious enemy that the church battles than the prince of religious tradition because everything else is outside the church, but this is inside the church. Blinding minds of ministry and saints, not everybody, but it is pretty predominant. Uh, and, and this... This thing is as destructive to the work of God as anything else in existence because it's not operating outside the church, it's operating inside the church. And you have prayed so well here tonight. There's been such a fervency and a unity. We are praying for the body of Christ to be delivered from the prince of religious tradition as Paul has told us to pray. Just there it is. We're going to pray this prayer right here. But we're going to pray specifically for the saints, for the body of Christ be, to be delivered. We want to defeat and pray for the body of Christ to be delivered from the prince of religious tradition. And you can pray whatever you feel to pray about that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to give specific wording or instruction. I just, just this thought, I'm trusting the Holy Ghost to have different people pray different elements of this so that no one of us can take the credit for, for the prayer, that we will all participate in this prayer as the Lord leads us, okay? Uh, we, 
the body of Christ cannot become what God wants it to become nor do the things God wants it to do while there's any vestige of the blindness of religious tradition upon us regarding doctrine, practices, concepts, faith, efforts, you name it. Okay? And, and we, we've got to be free from this. Uh, Jesus said that religious tradition makes worship vain. And the word vain means empty, useless, and worthless. And he said that tradition makes the word of God of none effect. Religious tradition makes the word of God of none effect. And so when, when, when you've got something that is viewed so positively but is so terribly negative, it is more dangerous. There's no crack house as dangerous as that. There's no house of prostitution as dangerous than that. There's no concept. There's no religion. There's no, there's nothing as dangerous as that because God can do anything that He needs to do through the church if the church can be totally in tune with His Spirit and His Word. Okay? So we're going to begin to pray. And then as the Lord leads you into prayer, binding and loosing both in, in, in your language, your, the language of your mind as the Spirit anoints that, and in tongues, intercessory prayer, warfare, supplication for the saints, uh, we're going to do that. And, and I'll let you know when we're done. Okay? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray for your body. We pray for our brothers and sisters in your body. We pray for ourselves. We pray for every preacher. We pray for every saint. We pray for every believer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We take dominion and authority over the prince of religious tradition that wars against the body of Christ. We bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and command you to loose the hearts, the minds, the spirits, the lives of preachers and saints and the, the, the collective groups of churches in the name of Jesus. We command you to loose us in Jesus' name. We join together and come against you and command you to loose us. I, we command you to set the church free. You have no right. You have no right to come against us. You have no right to war against us. You have no right to blind us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the light of revelation. I loose the spirit of revelation and understanding. I loose the spirit of illumination. I loose the spirit of liberty and victory to come to our minds. I loose the spirit of truth to come to us and deliver us and set us free. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on, let the Holy Ghost pray. Come on, let the Holy Ghost pray. The church needs a breakthrough. The church needs a deliverance. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ha, ha. 
In the name of Jesus. Come on, I know you've given your all, but just a little bit more. Come on, let's go just a little farther. Just a little bit more. Come on. Jesus, you have shed your blood for your church. Your blood sets us free. Your name sets us free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let the light of your truth, I lose the light of the truth of God to shine on our minds. That we'd see the word and truth clearly. That we would be able to examine everything we do and think and say and practice in the light of the word of God. And see clearly what, what you would desire of us to be, Lord. That every vestige of everything we have drug into this, to our bodies from the past that was not of you but was, a, was fathered by religious tradition, that we would be free from it, that we would see it what it is. See it for what it is and defeat it and destroy it and be free from it so that we could believe and know and be led and be used of you fully and completely without any hindrance, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My God. Just a little bit longer. Come on. Just let's go a little bit farther. Come on, let's go a little bit farther. Just a little bit farther. Come on. Come on. Come on, a little bit farther. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 
In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the shout of victory. Let's give the shout of victory. In faith, let's give the shout of victory. this for anybody else. The pastors here will have to do it for themselves. I don't have the authority to do that. But uh, I believe that the senior pastor here will be very much behind this. For those of you that were a part of it, that's actually a part of one of our ministries that was prayed for tonight, I'm asking that without consulting with anybody else, you will allow yourself to make a commitment that before your service that you will, of your own accord, show up some period of time at least before that service and not fellowship, but that you will pray and war for the move of God for that service, every service. Make sure to let your pastor know that you're making that commitment in any direction he wants to give you. But that you're you're committing to God that you're going to come to church early enough to be have the time to war, to to break through for that service. To break through for that service. To make sure that nothing's able to come in and come in against that service and prevent what God is wanting to do. Every service, every service is going to have a move of God. We're going to break through. And those of you that are, are, are a part of this service, you come here on, on Sunday nights and Monday nights, then uh, you need to come before those services and pray and, uh, and, and, and 
Let's war and break through every service. You said we just broke through. That's for harvest. But we're not willing to concede any service. We want to move a God every service. We want God to work every service. We want results every service. We don't want visitors coming into a service and it's bound and them looking around going, what is going on here? This isn't all that different. We don't want that. Praise God. Now, you know the drill. We cannot leave this building after this kind of prayer without praying rest and refreshing prayer. So just where you are, just do not be silent. Do not be silent. Do not pray in English. Let the Spirit come and pray and give you rest and refreshing. Come on. There was a lot of energy put out tonight. Mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Jesus' name. A lot of energy. We need rest and we need refreshing. Come on. Come on. This is critical. This is critical. If you don't learn to do this, you'll get so worn out with this kind of prayer, you will dread doing it. You won't want to do it. And eventually you won't participate in it because you just can't handle the aftermath. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost help you right now. Come on. Jesus name. It's not loud. It's just rest and refreshing. Come on. You're not giving out. You're letting it come in. Let it come in. Come on. Let it flow in. Come on. Hallelujah. I thought I was done, but I'm not. Since Brother Richard says, been back with us after an absence of a while he has been so battled especially with his health what I saw today is going to require for you to be healthy to be able to exercise that I I believe the Lord assured me today that he wanted to restore your health completely take your blood pressure back down to normal every every residual effect of this stroke completely eliminated from your life Restore you completely, mentally, emotionally, physically, so that you can be the soul winner he calls you to be, so you can exercise that authority he's called you to exercise. If you will stretch your hand forth this, this direction, we're, we're, we're believing God for deliverance and restoration. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind every spirit of infirmity and every spirit of affliction that has attacked this body and warred against it, against this mind, against this body, against this life. I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loose him right now. Every bit of high blood pressure, every bit of heart problem, every bit of damage in his mind from this stroke, I loose and speak restoration. I speak restoration into this body. I command this mind to be restored. 
I command this body to be restored. I command this circulatory system to be restored. I command this energy to be restored. I command this spiritual passion to be restored. I command this faith to be restored. I command this authority to be restored. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My God. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know you're, you're, most days you're doing good. You don't have fear, but every once in a while that fear comes on you for all this hard stuff. Stretch your forth, hand forth this direction. Faith takes place in the heart. This man's got as much faith as anybody I know, and the devil's trying to give him heart problem. I take dominion authority over the spirit of fear that wars against this mind and this life. I command this spirit of fear to loose this body right now. I unloose life, I lose health, and I lose strength into this body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you lying spirit of fear. You flee, and I bind you from returning ever again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of... In the name of Jesus. 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 Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. One more time, not boisterously, but deeply. Let's just love him a little bit. He's worthy of our praise. This is not rest and refreshing prayer. This is just a deep love and deep thankfulness and appreciation for the privilege to be a part of him, for the privilege to be a part of what he's doing. For the great blessing of being called his child in the name of Jesus. For him being our father. For the privilege of him stirring our hearts and taking our our lives and using them for his glory and for his namesake. We give him praise and honor and glory and thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Now, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to let you go right now, okay? Sometime tomorrow, as a part of your regular prayer, or whatever you have to do to make some time, okay? You need to spend some time praying, rest and refreshing prayer. And also pleading the blood and any other prayer you need to be, to do to make sure that he doesn't come against you and try to defeat you while you're tired and weary physically and mentally from all you've been involved with. Don't, don't let this victory tonight be turned into a defeat because tomorrow and the next day or so, whatever, You don't keep the doors closed so that he can't use your physical weakness as an 
as an access to come against you and, and try to defeat what God's done for you personally and through you in this meeting. Okay? Whatever time tomorrow, that's your business, whatever. But sometime tomorrow, preferably earlier than later, spend some time doing this. And if you'll, if you'll pray at least some period of time, I'd say 10, 15 minutes at least of just rest and refreshing prayer to, to, to let the Lord get, bring you right back up to speed so you'll have some energy to resist with. He wants to take advantage of you while you're too tired to, to push back. Okay? The Lord bless you. Thank you for your cooperation, your participation, for your faith, your prayer. We are going to see great things as the fruit of this meeting and your participation. God bless you. In Jesus' name.